0: Hello, hello, and welcome to my young career. This is our inaugural podcast where we just talk about uh, or talk with young professionals, uh, what they're up to, how they got there and what's next. And my first guest today is Zach Diablebis. Zach, how are you?
1: I'm doing good. And uh, for the record here, you're Edward Juarez. make sure everyone (laughs) knows the, the name behind the voice here. Thank you, sir. Uh, how are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's a beautiful day in Arizona. It's only 100 and so, so life's good.
0: Right? It's, uh, it's always interesting when uh, you can say it's a nice day in Arizona when it's in the low hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, excuse me? Uh, but uh, hey, let's go ahead and get started.
1: Uh, Zach, man, tell me what you do. Yeah, I am the owner of a criminal defense law firm called Dipobis Criminal Law and uh, we help keep good people out of jail. Uh, Essentially, when you say people get accused of crimes, they come in looking for help, they want the lifestyle change, they recognize that essentially any issues that they could be facing in life also have some legal consequences. And that's what happens basically when you get charged with a crime is not necessarily just the crime you're facing, You're you're also having to compensate and and bring attention to the fact that you're losing time. You're going to lose money and there could even be a loss of your reputation. So um, basically we help people uh, get their lives back on track in the sense that um, those three things could be affected in many different ways. And we want to steer people back in the right direction and help everyone as best we can.
0: That's awesome. Um, One thing. Uh, maybe it's uh, a misconception. I know, I didn't have a very clear picture. Um, obviously, we're friends, so you're able to tell me a little bit more uh, about your work going into this. Um, but I think uh, I think I saw a recent post on your uh, on your business business page regarding like someone right? They spent 30 years of their life or so, and uh, you know, never had any troubles or run-ins with the law so we felt everyone else right should be able to to be at that standard um so sometimes i think maybe criminal law gets a a bad rap in terms of oh you're just trying to defend bad people um but certainly feels like a myth i don't know if there's more you could share on that
1: yeah of course i would love to elaborate there and uh that was yeah that was a social media posting um a couple of days ago from an ex- personal experience i had that morning where we went to court and I was representing an individual who'd never been charged with a crime before um, until this, this particular incident, and I won't be able to tell you any of the confidential information. But essentially, this individual was a uh, was victimized uh, at, a, at a bar, um, doing nothing wrong, and, and got essentially got beat up. And uh, the police took her and didn't catch anyone else. And then they were questioning her, questioning her, questioning her, so on and so forth. And so she essentially gets upset and you know so on and so, so forth, whatever ensues, she ends up getting charged with a crime. And essentially breaking this down with the prosecutor that is prosecuting the case um, against my client that I'm defending, uh, the prosecutor came back and said that in her 30 years of being alive essentially she uh she's made it to the point where she's never been in trouble and knows that at a bar that miraculously she would never get beat up um when (laughs) it was interesting because i said well i'll tell you what this client didn't go to the bar expecting to get beat up right right (laughs) um so yeah when when they got a little mouthy i'm sure to the police officer uh, after the fact of them Saying, "Yeah, I just got beat up. Why are you not going after the people who beat me up?" Which they didn't get, and which got away with the whole thing scot-free. Um, the prosecutor just responded with with that little bit of ignorance that um, that essentially, as a prosecutor, you you're a lawyer, and you have obviously a different personal experience in life than everyone else, and yet somehow this prosecutor tried to compare their life to this other individual's life and said because i've never done that this person can never do that um so it's just an unfair for presumption there just in that general sense um and then back to kind of your other question as far as the negative perception that you get with criminal law there there is a, a lot of the uh, wow, how can you do this, Zach? This is unbelievable. I mean, these are bad people. The, you know, you're putting criminals back on the streets. And and to that point, um, no, we we actually don't put criminals back on the streets. Everyone we represent is innocent, and obviously you're innocent until proven guilty. Um, so that's point number one is that we go and everyone's innocent until you get your day in court, right? And you get it proved that you did or didn't do whatever you did or whatever they're accusing you of and so to the second point though is that we we don't represent obviously the worst of the worst you know murderers or they've committed crimes a thousand times and the reason why is because those people are already in jail what we deal with a lot are your regular everyday, you know mom dad brother and sister, and your family kind of people who have maybe like, a, like five minutes of a bad day and they make a bad decision. And that doesn't mean that that small decision that they made should have to affect the rest of their entire life with a criminal record, with jail time, with thousands of dollars to pay in court fees. And so what we do and what our goal is, is essentially to reduce all of that Because that criminal, the criminal title that the stigma that you get when you say get a DUI, say you, um, you trespass, you criminal trespass, all these other random things that you can get in trouble for that one, you also have no idea about until you get charged with it. Um, you, You don't want that affecting your life forever. And so that's essentially what we do. And so it's essentially good people that get in trouble because of a, you know, five minute accident or, you know, mess up. And those are still good people in our eyes and those aren't criminals. Right. And a
0: a lot of that, I think really makes sense. Um, like the example you use, you know, someone was out, out for a night out, right? You can't anticipate what's going on or others, people, other people's actions. And then at the end of the day, right. The, the law system, Um, they just have enough information to go off of, you know, whatever eyewitness or what other people saw. And I think, you know, it's the prosecutor's job to just take that information and and run with it, whether or not, um, you know, fully understanding the context or how someone, you know, may or may not have actually been involved in that entire situation. Um, So all that, I mean, to me sounds sounds very uh, noble, right? So something... Uh, I don't know what your, what was your inspiration, what drove you towards uh, criminal law. So I want to take that time to go a step backwards. I think um, certainly this is, I think, an obvious career. It's like, yes, you need uh, a degree, a law degree of of some sort. Um, but certainly there's a, a little bit more to it than just, hey, I want to do law. I'll just get this degree and start start doing law. <laughs> so I want to take a step back. I don't know um you know maybe your first few jobs or going through your your college career um what was it that was sort of guiding your path to doing what you do now
1: of course edward and uh yeah i mean for the one of the sake of time i'll uh fast forward a little bit of uh, my life and essentially i am i'm one of four boys i and the second oldest, and so my parents kind of always had the idea, yeah, right, the first one's gonna be a doctor, second one's gonna be a lawyer, third one's <laughs> gonna be a fireman, <laughs> right? so on and so forth. Um, so just in the funny sense that that was probably the first time it was ever you know thought of in my brain is when I was a young kid going, oh, I guess you know my mom said I should be a lawyer, that sounds like a great idea. Um, of course, I actually had no interest in the law, um, really at all, I, I, didn't particularly um, like or dislike uh, you know, police officers. I, I wasn't, you know, really affected negatively by by laws um, at a at an early young age. And then I went to college, and I had a full ride to ASU, Arizona State University. Go Devils! <laughs> and uh, just just for academics. And so I and I went in there to college, still going like, man, Zach, I, I don't know what I want to do. So. I'm just gonna pick something that, that could be interesting and you know, see what happens. And so I picked uh, I picked Justice Studies. And, and off the bat, you might go, Zach, well, Justice Studies, it sounds like you knew you wanted to be a lawyer this whole time. Right, um, what else are you supposed <laughs> to do with a, with a Justice degree? Well, what a Justice Studies major is actually, is more of the study of different cultures. Uh, one in the US and one around the world. And so you actually, you look back on different cultural beliefs, different, you know, upbringings, medical treatments, religions. Um, so it actually has nothing to do with <laughs> more or less the law. It's a lot more to do with uh, the, the justice behind human to human interaction.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, so still, though, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I learned so much more than I ever would have just, um, just being in my, you know, youthful ignorance and so forth. And uh, I I still, though, um, I guess at ASU, uh, went with also the party scene. Uh, I ended up getting in trouble a couple times for underage drinking. And then uh, I I got a DUI when I was 19, still in college there. And so that's when it kind of all hit me back to back within a year of, uh, wow, I just got in a bunch of legal trouble and i don't know any lawyers i don't know what i'm saying that's right or wrong or right. why i keep getting in trouble other than obviously breaking the law but there's there's a little more to it when you make admissions to police officers i didn't realize that i was giving the police officers everything they needed when i have rights and i don't have to talk to police officers and, and basically make it easy for them to to arrest me and so forth um So I think that's kind of actually what what triggered like the 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 idea of what I need to get more educated and informed about laws and about my rights. And so coming towards the end of my undergrad career, I I didn't have a job lined up uh, in the Justice Studies field. So kind of off a whim, I was just like, well, let's see if I'll go to law school. And so. So I, uh, I basically, you know, went to the library and rented a LSAT book, studied with it for, you know, a couple hours every day for about a month. Took the test, scored well enough to where I could go to law school. And then I went to Arizona Summit, as uh, private law school here in Phoenix, Arizona, and we we started my legal career right then and there. Um, let me ask you this, Edward. Do you want to you want to hear a little bit more about? my law school education or you want to you know pump the brakes a little bit and divulge a little more of my undergrad
0: uh no i'm, I'm glad it's that you uh decided to take a little pause there so um it definitely you've had a pretty straightforward i think path um probably more so than maybe most people or people are just curious hey you know if they were interested in in criminal law you certainly um, right? You, you know, went through high school, you went to, to ASU, you got your, your undergrad in justice studies, um, new um, just through right life experiences going through like, hey, the next step for you is is going um, into law. So it was going into what was it? I'm not sure. This is me just not knowing, right? That when you were going to, to grad school for law that you're already committing to uh, criminal law? Or was there additional you know pass from there
1: yeah let me uh, I can definitely break that into a, a little more because when well when I got my DUI DUI was the big life changer in, in my life uh and I, I think you know obviously friends around me and so on and so forth and I basically kind of put my foot down there and said all right I'm I'm done with this one getting in trouble but 2 it affected my life so much in in the sense that like, you know, you get a suspended license, you have to get a breath interlock, you go to jail, you are on probation, you have to drug test. And, and it was just all these requirements and hoops to jump through and different ways for, for people to, to fail you essentially. And then to look back and say, yeah, you have a criminal record and uh, sorry, you can't ever get a job, so on and so forth. And so I basically kind of put my foot down there and said, what I want to do is I want to help people because I know how hard it is. Right. I know what the DUI consequences are. I know what the other criminal consequences are. I want to help those same people because I've done it. I've experienced it. And I, I know that even though you get a DUI, you commit a crime, you're not all of a sudden a criminal. You're still a regular good person who shouldn't be labeled as, as something that you're really not and left with that stigma. And so so then going into law school, law school isn't really a focus like that. You don't particularly focus on criminal law. You don't focus on immigration. You don't focus on economics or anything like that. You actually have to study essentially all of the law. And law school basically preps you for essentially 30 different practices of law. Wow, that's and, a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a lot and it's overwhelming, <laughs> which is a, a lot of why the law and law school is absolutely so competitive. I mean, they they literally, you're forced to fail. For instance, um, only 25% of the students in your class could get an A, the next 25% would get a B, the next 25% would get the C, and the final 25% of your class. Is they have to fail you? teachers have to fail you so right it's, it's uh, very competitive v- very in interesting
0: uh, laddering process
1: yeah um. and uh, he, he, it was a big change also from undergrad where well undergrad I went through is pretty easy and so uh, law school I kind of had to make sure I was a little more serious about it because you, you, you don't just get handed the a and right. you look around to everyone in your classroom with you the other 30 you know class members or so and and you go well you know a handful of you guys are gonna fail I'm going to make sure that's not me um but but anyway so yeah i mean the the law school education isn't specifically tailored to one section of the law there's no focus per se um that being said while in law school i participated in what are called externships so it's uh class credit for essentially working for free um, well, I guess in fact you actually pay for it because you're getting class credits. So you got to pay your tuition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you paying, paying to work. Interesting you're, you're, model, you're, right? You're paying to work. <laughs> yes, uh, but you get that experience, and experience is everything. Um, everything probably in any field, but especially in the legal field, you got to have the experience. You got to know at least something about it. And the best way to get the experience, or possibly the only way sometimes, is to do it for free. And so, but I did that. I went to a couple different firms. Actually, I started at the first firm. That was a small criminal defense firm. And even then, I mean, (laughs) you know, I went into law school and even this this first job and I was going, wow, Zach, I I really kind of don't want to do criminal law in the sense that I don't want to be a prosecutor. I also don't want to be a public defender. And so that's kind of the two things that I thought you had to be basically in criminal law. Um, other than, you know, I had the idea of, yeah, I could be a private attorney, but I'm like, yeah, I'm too young. I don't, I don't want all that, you know, stress and so forth.
0: Yeah. So, so to, to take a, a pause mm-hmm. there, getting that uh, externship, how much of that was uh, like your effort in terms of just trying to find opportunities versus, hey, uh, maybe you know, ASU had, you know, um, more of a, a system or services to help you find that externship.
1: Yeah, there's, um, I mean, there's definitely career programs within, um, within ASU, within Arizona Summit, and the law school has, has a career, essentially, uh, a career development team that goes out and they find, essentially, law firms that need help, and they, they basically get them in their system and say, all right, when, you know, the fall semester comes up, oh, I'm going to have so many students, you know. Do they, how do they want, how do you want them to apply to you? So on and so forth. So the career team sets that up more or less. But on your end, on personally my end, I had to then go and, you know, sift through 20, 30, 40, 50 plus, you know, firms and see, okay, is this a possibly a good fit for me? Read the descriptions of, you know, could I see myself just sitting behind a computer and, you know, clicking, you know, clicking buttons on it right. all day? or do I see myself locked in a filing room or do I see myself, you know, going actually going to court or do I see myself doing family law? It's so many different things that, you know, when you're one year into law school and you have no idea what anything is, you barely just learned uh, a handful of legal terms and then to say, ah, now I'm going to go essentially help an attorney practice law is a big decision. And so, it's not something you have to take lightly, but you have to do so much work into figuring out what firm you think might be a good fit for you and you go through long application processes to show, you know, that your writing is up to par and that you have somewhat of a grasp, uh, in that field and that you're actually interested that way. The attorney doesn't feel like they're just wasting their time or anything. So that's, that's kind of how it goes. And then, so you're not totally out on your own in, in that regard while you're in law school, getting these internships,
0: right? There's there's still definitely some, essentially, they're just giving you this giant, you know, smorgasbord of, of things, but it's still up to you to say, hey, which, which things am I most interested in on top of, hey, what's going to be the best fit, you know, for you, right? Because uh, mm-hmm. I think, as you mentioned, there's certainly several, you know, roles that you can have, you know, within law, whether it's being more in a you know a desk role perhaps doing uh research or being more i think in the case um that you're in you know more frontline um and having direct interactions with with your clients
1: yeah absolutely and uh you know it it was big in my mind once so my first internship there was yep front of the lines criminal defense firm hit the ground running every day you're in court life's interesting then my second internship, I went pretty much the exact opposite. I went to a, uh, a big law firm that focused on insurance and an insurance fraud, insurance litigation, writing the book on insurance law. And so I went from, you know, up early every morning in court, dressed in a suit talking to clients every day to then going into a nice high-rise you know building but locked essentially in a small office for you know 10 hours a day just doing research and that's where i was like yep maybe i just found out that <laughs> the research locked up isn't for me uh, uh not that you know I couldn't do that per se but I, my personality fit is a lot more you know energetic uh, you know, a lot more personable than than sitting in an office and maybe only consulting with you know the so many people on lunch breaks and and so on and so forth as opposed to one what I do now which is the criminal law that I'm back into uh that takes me to a new court almost every day i go and speak with new clients every day i speak have to speak with the family members uh other opposing counsel judges court staff and so it it's just a whole nother rule there like you're saying though it's the front lines you got to be ready for anything
0: yeah and and that's uh i guess one thing i wanted to touch on you're you're essentially you know a full full house shop uh all on your own so what was was some of, what was some of the thought process for um, essentially creating your your own law firm versus uh, continuing to work with maybe a larger more you know well-established uh, firm
1: <laughs> all right yeah I can uh, so I, I said a minute ago that you know I, I didn't want to be a prosecutor and I definitely didn't want to be a public defender well the job I got right out of law school was being a public defender <laughs> <laughs> right so that's it's always funny actually and yeah i I fully believe this and now i never say that i'll never be a prosecutor because then i might just end up doing it right (laughs) so never say you're never going to do something because that might end up be what you end up doing anyway so so i was at the public defenders uh after law school you there's you take the bar exam it takes about three months to study for the bar exam you take the test two days long awfully stressful and then what's even more stressful is then you have to wait another three months for the results to come back out. So right.
0: it's like, it's like, you know,
1: how, how did I do like, should I continue to be studying? Yeah. And you have no idea what, how you did cause the test is so incredibly hard and difficult and you know, you could talk to your buddy who took the same test and you're going to get this different answer. Excuse me. You're going to get different answers. You're, you're going to rack your brain. You're going to have no idea. So it's it's crazy stressful, and then the test is only you know, two times a year. So it's like, yeah, well, do I yeah. think I did well, or do I start <laughs> studying again? Um, it's it's unbelievable. So, and big kudos to I was able to pass the first time, which which is great for me. But big kudos to anyone who does it multiple times because it, it's a test that is mentally and physically exhausting beyond any means. And if if you haven't taken a bar exam. You're, you're welcome, don't you? are <laughs> yeah, you're, you're in for some work, for sure. Anyways, though, so yes, I, I was at the public vendors waiting, past, I passed the bar exam. Great. What I was having trouble passing was my background check because all my underage, uh alcohol drinking offenses uh, and my DUI, they added up to about four or five charges within a year or so and when I was 18, 19. And so, to the committee, they they pulled uh, the flag of, wow, yeah, Zach, this is uh, this is someone who has an issue uh, drinking, and we we don't want that person to be a lawyer because right. they have to be responsible. And they can't be drunk and all this other stuff. And I I'm sitting here going, man, like. That was just my youthful ignorance (laughs) right yeah I mean that was me going to parties and getting you know caught by police officers because you expected it almost because you're in a dorm or so on and so forth
0: right yeah I mean that's uh, one thing right I mean uh, certainly there are you know mistakes in life and right the the biggest thing that you can do is is learn from those mistakes right what are you doing to uh, to correct that behavior or to make change um, and certainly, right, here in your story, right, you had um, right this epiphany, like, hey, like you know, I I messed up. I need to to change things, um, and that that inspired you, right, to to continue and pursue law, and and help people, right, who you know, hey, they may have made some honest mistakes as well, but they don't know, right, maybe how to defend themselves properly, and there may be right something on their their record where it's like, hey, I had you know one bad night in my life. And now, right, I'm having trouble, you know, applying to jobs or getting accepted. Um, fortunately, in, in your case, right? I mean, certainly these people were exactly that right eyeing your career and saying, hey, like, you know, our firm for, you know, however long has a certain reputation and people look at who our representatives are. Um, but you were able to turn that, you know, into a strength and say, hey, you know what? I'll, I'll open my my own practice. Um, and able to, to move forward with that. And I, I think that really speaks a lot to, to someone's character. Like, Hey, like, um, you know, going back to what you were mentioning, you know, it's putting, putting your foot down, like, Hey, you don't need to, to, to judge me. Um, you know, I've made changes. I've, um, put in the effort to, um, to get where I'm at. And now I'm going to help people who may be in similar positions. Um, and I, I,
1: I think that's awesome. Absolutely. Thank you. And yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a huge part of obviously my life. And it's a huge part of essentially why I do what I do now. And because you get that and you get that that stigma and that lifelong, you know, stain on your record that says, "Hey, don't trust this person. Um, And so that's, that is why I go through now and I, I help people and I take that basically as a badge of honor to say, one to my clients and then to other prosecutors to judges and so on and so forth is they, they sit here and they go, Zach, you know, you don't have that rapport. You, you know, this client is this and that. And and I, and I can answer honestly and say, no, I've been in their shoes. I've, I've gone to jail. Uh, (laughs) Uh, and here, you know, and so that's why you need, uh, you know, help with this plea bargain. What is three years versus you know, one year, they're going to learn their lesson anyway, so on and so forth. Um, and then the clients appreciate it because I don't then just, also look like you know i'm just a know-it-all I went to law school and you know in it for the paycheck kind of thing um because they go well shit. like you know he's someone who actually got in trouble and he was probably told and i was many times but with the idea of wow he's like you know you can't get a regular job now you know your your misdemeanor offenses are stacked up on your record and no one's going to want to hire you all this stuff and so on and so forth and they said that's when they're all saying like you can't go to law school because you you're a criminal like that's, yeah. that's the opposite of what a lawyer is um and so so there is all that and and this is a big part of my point too though is is actually without failure you don't get success and so the failures in my life at, at that beginning stage was getting in trouble it wasn't my class grades or anything my class related grade grades were fantastic i was able to still do school blah 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 but the failures were getting in trouble. And that led me to get the eye opening of like, wow, I, I, I fixed this. And, you know, if someone's saying I can't do something, then I'm going to go and do it just to prove them wrong. And so and that's what what kind of happened here. And so kind of back to my, my segment of my story here of uh, I was at the public defenders. Well, I was waiting so long and I had to go speak at this committee and explain to this committee that, yeah, six years ago when I was, you know, 19, I, uh, yeah, I had these alcohol offenses and so on and so forth. And, um, explain that to them and they came to the conclusion. Okay. Yeah, we get it. You were, you were a young kid. You're, you know, not yet, not a juvenile anymore, but you're making juvenile mistakes and, you know, maturity levels and underage drinking. It's not uncommon. So they said, yeah, you're not a big risk. Well, before they could say that I had been at the public defenders for so long that I had to get into the attorney position. But I couldn't get into the attorney position until this uh, committee right. cleared me. And so I had to get fired. That way they could open up that spot for the next clerk and essentially in the grade below me to take my spot at the public defenders. And so I got fired from my job and I took it as, oh, my God, like, Zach, I just got fired from what I thought could have been my career path. Right. You know, at least. know 10 years working for the government they pay off all your loans and it's in criminal defense so two things that you know back to back huge benefits for me got ripped out from under me and i said essentially at that point i said no one's ever going to do that to me ever again and how do you make that happen zach and what that answer was is to start my own law firm so very shortly after there so i guess in the time time segment wise here i am currently 26. i graduated law school at 24. i graduated in two years instead of three years i took an accelerated program what a boss (laughs) yeah it, it worked out great still graduated like seventh in my class or something um law school was law school was great i loved it i did it fast it worked out fantastic and so i graduated when i was 24 then when i was 25 is like said so when i took the bar when i got licensed and everything and then it's also when i was 25 and a half or so when i started my own law firm when i said zach you're going to be your own boss and and it was a big mental change that i had never had in my mind and, and i guess my goals even was never zach you know go be your own boss Zach. goes strong, right? Zach, you know, put your own food on your own plate and instead of the, the comfortable, which I had had before the comfortable weekly paycheck, you know, insurance and security of if I do my job, I get paid and so on and so forth to the idea of, well, Zach, no one's going to do this for you. You don't get paid for doing nothing. You got to actually do something. Right. So it was a big, uh, a big step, big change. Um, I was a little fortunate, still unfortunate in the sense that one, I'm young, um, so I I don't have the big family commitment. I don't, I'm not married, um, don't have kids. I, I don't have a house that I'm paying for. I was so I was able to essentially say, all right, while I start my own business, I can live on really low means
0: because <laughs> right.
1: I know I'm not going to be getting a paycheck soon. Uh, and so that's that was a. Was a big shift in in basically my lifestyle, my my life plans. That one, I recommend anyone at any point in your life start any kind of business, um, whether it's a big business, small business. You got just a grand idea, small idea. Whether it's you know you're you're making a craft, if you and you're selling on Etsy great you you start you know a yoga class great some kind of business that you're actually doing something with your name on it and you can still have your career and everything as the main but until you essentially start your own business you will never know how much you value yourself at right and and so it's like I now, my eyes are just wide open. Whereas I can say before when I was you know, working my, you know, eight to five job, it, like it, it's like my eyes were closed. Everything was dark. I knew nothing. Right. And just uh, do what you're told and we'll cut you a paycheck. Exactly. Yeah. yeah you're, you're very much, uh, you know, a drone to the system. And when you start your own business, you realize that, that you have so much more value. And you find then time to make everything work. And then you start going, well, do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? That takes up so much of this time, so on and so forth, and time that you could be dedicating elsewhere. And then basically it comes down to, okay, how, what's my best return on value with my time? And if that means you know you take more money to build something early, That way you can spend more time with your family later or you take, you know, the pay cut now and then you get the weekends or whatever is with your family. That's that's on you. And that's your decision to find that. But you don't even know that that's what you're missing until you you start your own business and you value yourself and your time and you recognize that you're only on this earth for so long, right? And (laughs) there's no age that says you can't be a business owner you can't do what you actually love in life until you're x y and z h until you you know for instance i always had the idea of well i need to you know start at the bottom i need to make sure you know i get years of experience before i become a lawyer and before i start my own law firm and all that. and there's, those are just misconceptions right you don't have to wait years. You don't have to save up a bunch of money before you can finally do what it is you want to do. You have to literally take that leap of faith. And and it's scary. And like everyone's comfort zone is different. Everyone's subconscious is going to tell them, no, we're good now. We're good now. And until you take that like next step, and then you keep taking another step, and then another step is when your mind finally is going to open up. And you're going to say, wow, like this whole time, I, I could have been doing this. And Hopefully you do it sooner rather than later. And then you look back and say, I'm glad I did this because you're going to realize how much it pays off.
0: That's awesome. Well, that we're uh, we're at the top of the hour. Uh, thank you very much for for sharing your story. Um, certainly our conversation doesn't end here. Uh, you can follow um, you can follow my my young career uh, on twitter it's just at my young career uh continue the conversation if you have any questions uh for me or zach uh, you can ask there um i am using anchor so you are able to ask questions may be able to answer them in the the next podcast uh, but before i go zach um where can people find you
1: yep eddie uh, i appreciate it uh obviously being here sharing uh my experience um you know i'm young i'm 26 i've got a business and, and i hope that Maybe something I said here, you know, sparks a little light in someone else's mind of obviously, maybe not law or legal, but the idea that they can be at whatever age they can go and be successful doing what they love. Um, So you can find me and feel free to ask any questions just like Edward here is going to ask for. I have a Facebook page. We have a lot of online material that you will see. Um, our website is Divellaw, dot com, which is short for Um Online at Facebook, it'll be Divellbis Criminal Law. And any questions, feel free to reach out. All right. Thank you very much. Have a good one.